Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Monday, November 7th. Just one day to go. Welcome to election week. Tomorrow, polls open across the country as control of the House and Senate and key gubernatorial offices across the nation are up for grabs. Tonight, many candidates and party leaders hit the campaign trail one last time, making that final push. It is indeed election eve, but for more than 41 million Americans, they've already cast their ballot across 47 states. That's the latest pre-election day vote data that we have. But obviously, millions and millions and millions more will be casting their ballots tomorrow across all 50 states. The first round of statewide polls to close Tuesday night will happen at 7 p.m. Eastern, and we may not know which party controls the House or the Senate until hours, days, or perhaps even weeks later. Just to set the scene here, all 435 House seats are up for grabs, 35 out of the 100 Senate seats, and 36 governor's offices are up for grabs this election season. Republicans are feeling quite bullish about their chances of winning the House of Representatives, but the Senate is a bit of a different story. It is deemed a real toss-up race for control of the Senate. It's a coin flip, and that's due to so many just razor-thin, narrow margin-of-error races in key states such as Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. In tomorrow's episode, we'll closely look at those key Senate races in those six states, so be sure to tune in tomorrow for an Election Day edition of the CNN Political Briefing. Here's the political reality for Democrats heading into tomorrow. They are on defense geographically, meaning Democrats are defending a lot more turf in the battle for the House of Representatives than are Republicans. Republicans are playing offense in some deep blue districts that Democrats had hoped they would never even need to spend money in. But that is not the case. Another is environmental. By that, I mean the political environment. Joe Biden's approval ratings are upside down. The economy and inflation are the number one issue for voters, and that is an issue that overwhelmingly favors Republicans in most of the polling out there. And Republicans have made the economy their central issue in this campaign, along with crime and immigration. For President Joe Biden's part, he's going to end this campaign season in deep blue Maryland. It kind of tells you everything you need to know about the president's current political standing. He's going to be at a campaign rally with the Democratic gubernatorial nominee in Maryland, Wes Moore, who, if he wins, will make history as the state's first black governor. But this comes after making stops in New York, Illinois, New Mexico and California. I mean, basically, the only battleground state that Joe Biden has really been visiting of late is Pennsylvania, where he is originally from. Biden is expected tonight to lean heavily into his argument about the risks to democracy if Republicans are put in charge. So it is likely going to be a similar set of remarks to what we heard yesterday in very blue New York when he was campaigning on behalf of Governor Kathy Hochul. With these election deniers, there are only two outcomes for any election. Either they win or they were cheated. We all know it in our bones that our democracy is at risk. Our democracy is fundamental to our 
way of life and our being as Americans, but it is not an issue that is necessarily rating top of mind for voters that is most present for them. But we do see it top of mind more for Democrats than we do Republicans. The issue with that is it means that these Democrats who are messaging on democracy are not messaging on what voters are consistently telling pollsters, reporters, telling their elected leaders on the ground what is most important to them, and that is the economy. Listen to CNN political commentator Hillary Rosen. Listen to her critique of her own party. I'm a loyal Democrat, but I am not happy. I just think that we are, you know, we did not listen to voters in this election, and I think we're going to have a bad night. Because when voters tell you over and over and over again that they care mostly about the economy, listen to them. Stop talking about democracy being at stake. I mentioned President Biden was in Pennsylvania over the weekend. He was there with his former boss, former President Barack Obama, and Biden shared the stage in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to try and make a closing argument pitch on behalf of John Fetterman, the Democratic nominee there, the current lieutenant governor, in a critical Senate race. And here is how Obama sort of framed the election to voters. A fair economy that gives working people a fair shot. That's on the ballot. Fundamental rights are on the ballot. Truth and facts and logic and reason and basic decency are on the ballot. Democracy itself is on the ballot. The stakes are high. For his part, former President Trump is going to close out his series of election rallies in Ohio, where he is going to be standing with and supporting his handpicked Republican candidate for Senate there, J.D. Vance, the author of Hillbilly Elegy. This comes on the heels of Trump's campaigning in Pennsylvania and Florida over the weekend. And as you know, Donald Trump is not necessarily just focused on the Republican efforts to win the House and the Senate and key governor's offices this cycle. Donald Trump is also very much focused on himself and his likely potential 2024 presidential run. Listen to Trump in Pennsylvania on Saturday. There it is. Trump at 71. Ron DeSanctimonious at 10 percent. Mike Pence at seven. Oh, Mike's doing better than I thought. Ron DeSantis gets a new nickname. No clearer sign that Donald Trump sees him as a potential threat, somebody to be dealt with at the outset of this campaign, and that Donald Trump is likely to launch this third campaign for the White House because he's eager to set and dictate the terms of play. Now, he apparently, according to our reporting, got an earful that starting to divvy up Republicans for the 2024 race is not the best way to close out the 2022 midterm campaign. So when Trump was in Florida on Sunday, he actually encouraged the attendee rallies in the Sunshine State to vote for Ron DeSantis for reelection. But notably, he didn't invite Ron DeSantis to join him at that rally. He was there with Marco Rubio, the Senate candidate. But listen to Trump in Florida on Sunday. The people of Florida are going to reelect the wonderful, the great friend of mine, Marco Rubio, to the United States Senate. And you're going to reelect Ron DeSantis as your governor of your state. And you're going to elect an incredible slate of true MAGA warriors. Two sources briefed on Trump's 2024 conversations tell CNN today that the former president has told his team that he could announce 
a 2024 run at his rally for Vance in Ohio tonight. Donald Trump is very publicly flirting. It's always hard to pin him down on what he'll do and what he won't do because he makes decisions very much at at the last minute at times. But Donald Trump is eager to launch a presidential campaign. One final note before we go. In an exclusive interview with CNN, Republican House leader Kevin McCarthy, the man poised to be the next Speaker of the House if indeed Republicans win control of the House tomorrow night, sat down with CNN's Melanie Zanona down at the U.S.-Mexico border. McCarthy was down there campaigning with three female Latina candidates, Republicans, running to sort of put forward a new face of the Republican Party. And he was asked by our reporter if indeed a red wave is coming. I think anywhere over 20 is a red wave. I see more competitive races than I've seen at any given time. I see Democrats spending money in seats that Biden won by 20 points. New York. And what the, why is it competitive? Cost of living, crime, the inflation, the lost learning through COVID. McCarthy also said issue number one, if he does become speaker and Republicans are in control of the House, he wants to put forward a bill that deals with border security. I think the first thing you'll see is a... Um, a bill to control the border first. You've got to get control over the border. You've had almost two million people just this year alone coming across. McCarthy told my colleague Melanie Zanona that he is confident that Trump will be supportive of his effort to become speaker and that he will have enough votes inside his conference to do so. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.